Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Myself and Dave Menzano again today, getting stuck into, well, first of all, we talk a lot about our favorite training protocols. Dave's starting to get excited about gyms opening back up in the U- uh, in the UK. Um, and then, oh, first, I mean, it's a good 15, 20 minutes of us talking about our favorite training protocols, guys. So there's, you might want a pen and paper to write down some of the... Um, complexes we talk about doing some of the time sets we talk about doing um and it's definitely you can you can tell that (laughs) me and dave geek out a little bit on this sort of stuff so yes first uh, 20 minutes or so is us mainly getting stuck into training we give some good body weight workouts that you might want to give a go there's loads of options guys but uh, yeah we get uh, we do get a bit geeky there and then we get stuck into um nutrition a lot of um, talk about intolerances, gluten free, uh, the, the 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 sort of uh, the gluten a misunderstanding of, uh, of of people being gluten free and what it means to take it out of your diet and the difference between uh, people who need to t- take it out of their diet because they're celiac and people who think they need to take it out and uh, and then there's the uh, the one in the middle there which is a a slight gluten intolerance, which uh, Dave talks about a fair bit, and he's had a bit of an experience with some stuff like that. So yes, enjoy today's episode, guys. Like, subscribe, get in touch with any questions you've got to me or Dave. We've got some stuff coming up in the future we've talked about this week. So yes, um, he's on holiday at the moment, but we'll be getting more episodes in in the coming weeks. Enjoy today's episode, guys. Bye. space. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Myself and uh, Dave Menzano again here um, in kind of locked down. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, as locked, not as locked down as we was at the beginning of this, which is good. No. UK, UK opens up a bit today, doesn't it, mate? A bit. Not the gyms though, but the... Um, Still not the gyms, that's crazy. Pubs, uh, pubs and restaurants and things like that, yes, but very limited capacity, so... I saw, um, in fact, let me, I'll pull it up before the end of the show, but I've been told just in the last hour that Eddie Hall, who we've mentioned before on this podcast talking about strength, apparently he's written an open letter to uh, the Prime Minister mm. in, uh, in an effort to get gyms open, right? I've seen that, yeah. You've, you've I think... Read- um, you know, he's got a point from a psychological point of view because a lot of people do rely on the gym for yeah. mental health. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, let... you know, for, for a lot of people, it, it is a, a way, you know, the exercise makes them feel better. And also going to the gym is that sense of community as well. Yeah, well, let, let, I'll tell you what, I'll, um, whilst we have a bit, of a, um, a bit of a chat now, I'll pull it up, shall I? I'm sure I'll be able to find it on the internet somewhere. Um, yeah, so I mean that's the trick. That's the that was what looks quite bad. I think is that pubs are opening from a beer gar- if they've got beer gardens and plenty of space, but gyms aren't. I mean, it's it's a bit. Um, it's it's a difficult one really because I think that if you are exercising in an open space, then there is a lot less risk. But if you have a gym where yeah. you have a lot of people in close contact in studios, I think that's what the more. Uh, well that's where yeah exactly it's a shit i mean in a lot of countries less so in the uk but in a lot of countries we have outdoor gyms and uh, stuff like that which i think that if the uk had many of those they'd just go for it right yeah no no Um, but those are open those are those are kind of they've been allowed have they okay yeah no already a few weeks ago yeah 
All right, cool. I'll, um, I've been to the gym this morning, actually. First time in a gym since last September. Yeah, you've been lifting some weights, so... Yeah, first time in, again, since first time nice. since last September. And it's a, um, a very, uh, it's a gym called, um, it's a gym called Train. And they've got, do you know, I'll tell you what it reminds me of is, do you know Watson? Watson's got a gym in, um, in the south of England, like in Bristol, I think it is, Bath, Bristol area. There's a brand of equipment called Watson. And they and they've got a big factory unit style gym and some really cool equipment and it's uh, and it reminds me of that place but very much like bodybuilder style equipment but it's quite it's not it's not spit and sawdust it's it's it was a decent gym nice a little bit too uh, um, a bit too fancy almost but other than that it was brilliant and it was quiet so we could get on everything we had a play on equipment that I've not seen before. Um, which is always fun. Well, it's always good to train in different places. So um, when yeah, I have a exactly. travel and I, and I go to a different gym, I always like to to use, even like I don't do the many machines, but when I, when I'm in, I find a different place and then I, I'll try different machines just to um, give the body a bit of a different stimuli, really. Yeah, even bar, eat, like, I tell you what I like is like getting on different bars that they've got, uh, you know, football bars and mm -hmm. um, trap trap bars. They had, uh, what yeah. else have they got? They got yeah, um, I got those here to be, I, I've got a trap bar, the um, the football bar as well, I have both. For people that don't know, the, the, um, the football bar is just like a straight bar, but then it's got, uh, like mine's got three handles, which yeah. are, are vertical, but at a slight angle, should we say. And yeah. those were invented in the United States of so football from American football, for what I understand, to, uh, for athletes to train when they had bad shoulders. So they couldn't typically bench or shoulder press with a straight bar because that hurted the shoulder. But yeah. because of that closer grip, they were able closer, to bench and... Um, neutral grip, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, you can also use it for rowing movements and, and bicep mm. curls and, and things like that. I haven't really done a lot of weights in a, in a, in a I don't know, I've not been counting, but in the last six weeks or so, I've been doing weights, but not as as Olympic lifts or, or yeah. as much or, or weightlifting as much, and more like body weights. I'll, I'll I'll swing kettlebells. I'll do pull ups and push ups and and dips and things like that and rows. Mm -hmm. And um, but the other day I brought a bar at the back, so I'm gonna use a bit more. And because uh, it's in a garage, I've not really been bothered to go in a garage. But I, I did some uh, some complex, well like cleans, clean and presses front squat so everything from the floor and i tell you what the day after i mean i yeah. was sore just because i've not done those movements for... i've been doing some kettlebell complexes myself so let's talk a bit about training whilst we're on it now we might as well stay on it for yeah. a bit so um like um what would you call the bear complex dave like what's the bear complex for you tell, bear me, complex... you tell me what it is now and, and i'll see if they're the same because they get they, they get changed over time don't they yeah. so what's your bear complex i mean you could do a bit of barbell even yeah, barbell do, dumbbells kettlebells yeah, yeah yeah so you do you pick up the bar from from the ground yeah you do front squats like three reps or so you yeah. lift up the bar overhead yeah and you do another you know two or three reps you put the bar behind your back into back squats and you do another two or three reps and then you just bring the bar in front and you put it back down Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's a complex. I mean, I, I don't know what the official bear complex was, but mine has become over time. Mine became uh, six exercises. So, um, and you could, you know, the reps are changeable. It doesn't matter, does it? Um, but yeah, anywhere between three and probably eight at a maximum. Um, like you said, I'd go front squats into shoulder presses, then deadlifts into 
push-ups on the bar and then reverse lunges mm. into bent over rows just so you go lower body upper body lower body upper body lower yeah. body upper body yeah. and i think that for people who have got limited equipment at the minute because i think even after lockdown even when gyms open up i think there's going to be people who have been inspired to train from home just yeah. by um just by realizing that they don't need all the fancy equipment. But, but you know gym. what, Tim, uh, even if you're in the gym, you might be limited anyway, because with the restrictions, mm. you might not be able to switch from, uh, yeah. you know, one equipment to the other without wiping it. Because if you think about it, I've not really thought about it up, up until now, actually. But a lot of times people would go from a lap pull down yeah. into the benches. And then yeah. you won't be able to do that, perhaps, because you need to wipe your equipment and there's distances, mm. etc. But those complexes, I love them. But they're really, really hard. Let's be honest, right? Gassed, <laughs> yeah, like really gassed. I mean, you wanna, you know, you know what? You wanna lose weight, man. Get yourself some complexes, and yeah. that's gonna work your cardio. It's gonna work your lungs. It's gonna give your your muscles a good pump. And and in fact, I've been a big proponent of complexes for a long time, right? Because when you think about it, and people wanna lose weight, and as we discussed previously, there are different modalities, and every one of them can work, right? Mm. But complexes, if you think about it, what does not work? You know, yeah, it gets exactly. your cardio up, it yeah. gets your muscles, because ultimately, if you just do a lot of cardio, you could argue that then you want to preserve muscle, right? Whether you're yeah, female big, or a man. And they're usually done with compound movements, right? Like which are um, oh. essential. I mean, you wouldn't really do, I've never seen a complex done with many like bicep curls in or anything do, like that. You know you what? I mean, in, I you, you can. I, 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 let's, I talk about, you know, let's talk about some favorite ones. I, so anyway, I think that if we're just talking to general population who are just getting back into fitness, if they haven't worked out for a while, it might be a really, really hard one to attempt, right? So I think the options there are a few. For example, you can even just do in body weight to begin with. So let's say we do a body weight squats, you know, five reps, five lunges, left and right, forward, uh, you know, so it's 10 reps, right? Then you get down to the, to the floor and you bang out, you know, five push-ups on your knees or, 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 or regular. And then you go back up and you do a reverse lunge, five and five. And then let's say you go on the floor and you do a sit-up for 10, right? You rest a minute and you repeat. That could yeah. be a good complex. They, they, you can just do like that at home, right? That, you don't really have back exercises there. It's a bit harder with the back, just body weight. But if you had some bands, you can include some, some rows. But um Otherwise, if you do have some equipment and you can't do the exercises only in succession, what I also do with people, let's say we do five squats with the dumbbells. We put the dumbbells down after five squats, take five breaths. Now we're going to pick the dumbbells or kettlebells back up and mm. we do, you know, five clean and press, whatever. And then you put them back down. And then as you become fitter, then you can interlink those sets all together and you don't rest. Yeah. To, um, I got a, a good one that uh, we spoke about this before, me and you, when we talked about uh, following Dan Jones' programs, who is a strength coach in America. And I, was, and I bought that plan of his, that mass made simple, which was a mass building program, right? Which was yeah. based on squats and bench press. However, at the end, for conditioning, it also had complexes. And basically, that complex, it would have changed workout by workout they some days you had a heavier load and some days you had a lighter load on the lighter days you had you had um eight reps on the heavy day you only did two reps but the exercises mm. were always the same and it was the, the thing is the limiting factors with the complexes if you have a shorter press movement 
you know, the, you're always going to be um, limited, limited by the, by the, by the, 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 the weakest exercise, we say, right? Weakest exercise, Because, yeah. you know, you mentioned before in yours, you did like the deadlift. deadlift. Yeah. Obviously, you can't deadlift and shoulder press the same weight, really. Uh, especially no. Or they're not when, effective, you know. They're, no, they're, when you're advanced, right? So yeah, you're no, going to exactly. be... Uh, but anyway, so the one that I was doing with, with that workout, it was, you see if I remember, it was, um, I, I think it began with a power clean. So let's say we do five power cleans for argument's sake, right? Power clean. Then on the last one, since you already got the bar up on your shoulders, right? So you got the elbows up, rest, you rest the barbell on your shoulders, not just holding it with your hands because that's going to hurt your wrist otherwise. And you do five front squats. Right, so we've got five power cleans, five front squats. On the last front squats, you still having that, that rack position. So now we're going to do five shoulder press, right? Yeah. At the fifth shoulder press, you're going to just let the, guard, the bar go back behind your shoulders. Back and now squat, you're in yeah. a squat position. So you yeah. see it flows perfectly. Now we're going to do five back squats. On the last five, uh, fifth uh, back squat, I'm going to do five good mornings because I'm already in that position. Which would probably be the limiting exercise, was it? Limiting, yeah, and the shoulder yeah. press. And then I'm going to lift the bar back up my shoulders and back in front of me, and I'm going to do five bent over rows. So I'm going to work my back. And that sequence flows perfectly because you yeah. got your, your, your cleans. After the clean, you're ready in the front squat position, so you do your front yeah. squats. After your front squats, you're perfectly uh, set for shoulder press. After yeah. the shoulder press, you go straight to back squats, and then good morning and bent over row. And that yeah. is, I tell you what, Tim, <laughs> that will get your heart rate and your lungs uh, absolutely burning. You should um, do a do a do a link to an Instagram video of you just doing one round of that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I've got actually a video from when I did it, and the heaviest I was doing it, Tim, was Olympic bar, twenty kilos with twenty kilos on each side, so sixty kilos. Four. And it was February, I think it was February time when I was doing it in that, in that, uh, in that video and it was snow outside and I was in a garage and the garage was freezing and you can reach, literally see that like the steam coming off of my because like, it's yeah. like so, so hard. And other ones I like doing uh, a bit like the one that you said before with the push-ups on the bar as well. It, that's, this wasn't so much as a complex per se where you, so with that complex, I just said, you do five reps of each. Once you're done one set, you rest a minute and, re, and you repeat, let's say three, four, five sets, right? Yeah. And it's great to do at the end of the workout, just really, you know, burn more fat, especially if you've done a weight program uh, before. Mm. It's a really, really good way, right? The other way uh, of doing it also um, was something like um, to accumulate 100 reps, so you do yeah. 100 deadlifts. And, and by the way, it is good to do it you know, with, a, with, with a training partner. You can do it for time. So let's say you, you try to put a stopwatch and let's say you aim to do it under two minutes and you do 20 deadlifts. After your, uh, your deadlift, you go straight to the ground and you do 20 push-ups with your hands on the bar. Yeah. So basically your hands don't leave the bar, right? Yeah. And that's 40. After you've done that, you go straight into bent of a row right? And that's yep. 60. Then you lift the bar up and you do um, 20 shoulder press. Yeah. And that's 80. And then to your point before, you said you can't really do bicep curls, but with that you could. And then you finish off with 20 bicep curls. Mm. Okay. So you can use a lot of weight, especially if you got your bicep curls, right? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you get a, depending on your strength, I think I did mine with something like, 
even just like five kilos on each side on a bar that was 30 kilos 30 i mean kilos, yeah yeah it's you know you're gonna be burning the, the deadlift yeah. at the beginning feels easy right because 20 kilos uh sorry 30 kilo deadlift for 20 reps is not hard but then you got you add your push-ups and your shoulder press you know your rows and all the right you know all the rest yeah the volume the, yeah exactly yeah you'd be uh yeah you'd be lit by the end of that i mean i think um it's a good way for people to push themselves in a gym without uh well without having a coach or a training partner i think if if i've not got anyone with me and i've not got no goal in mind i'll make sure i'm in front of a clock or i've got a watch on mm. and make sure that i'm doing a set of something uh well either that complex every three minutes so let's say the complex takes you two minutes to get done you get a minute to rest before you repeat yeah um it encourages you to do it at some sort of tempo yeah um that's one one thing I think complexes are really good for. So, making sure that work rate stays high because it, in the gym by yourself, work rate can often slack off for a yeah. lot of people. I mean, um, I don't at the moment. The good ones that I like to do, especially now, there's been summer here. I uh, like I said, I've, I've I've been doing more at the back, but I still use weights. Don't get me wrong. But I'll I'll put a clock and I'll you know be like CrossFit type of thing, should we say? You know, CrossFit style. I'll, and I'll I'll put a clock on twenty five minutes. And I'll write down the exercises. I'll do mm. 20 swings, 25 swings, whatever. Then I'll do five pull-ups. Then I go back to the kettlebell and I do, so the swings were with the kettlebell. I do five clean and press left, five clean and press right. I go back to the pull-up bar. So if done pull-ups first, which means overhand, so my, bar, my hands are facing out. Now I'm going to do five chin-ups, so my hands are facing in. Mm. So working my biceps a bit more in you know, a little bit different way. So then I go back to the kettlebell and I might do a miniature press. So this time I'm not jerking with my legs. I'm not doing a clean, but I'm doing more of a strict press, right? And I'll do five and five, should we say. Then I might go uh, back on a kettlebell and I'll do rows. Let's say 10 to 15, depending on the weight. Then I might go back to the bar and I might do some knees to chest for 10 reps. Yeah. And I keep repeating that pattern. So let's say that'll take me four minutes. I might rest, you know, to the fifth minute and then i start again and i try and yeah. get you know five rounds in 25 type of thing yeah yeah and yeah yeah and i think it's important with that is to maintain a good pace you can sustain because oftentimes people start too fast mm. and then mm. you know they do the first round yeah. in let's say you know three minutes yeah like second we round, last week, yeah man. last week four you know third round in 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 seven <laughs> and then and then they're too tired so definitely yeah but yeah, so complex is great. There's not many times in a gym where I do a single exercise by itself, to be honest. Not no, anymore. I I, you know, there's, there's, in the past when I've been focused on strength um, or size or trying to gain a bit of muscle, I have spent, you know, making sure that I have a strict good minute to a minute and a half rest between another yeah. set. And just, I think for when you're less experienced, it's important to maybe focus on an exercise and nail down the pattern to make sure you're not confusing you know, if you're going from squats to push presses and stuff, yeah. it can get a bit scrappy. Whereas if you stay in, in one spot and focus on five sets of 10 very strict squats with a tempo, yeah. you're learning that pattern and it's being drilled, you know, it's drilled into you constantly. And then you move on and do another exercise. And then that one's drilled into you. Whereas when you get a bit more experience, you can mix things up. I mean, even today, I've just been, I was training with a mate and we did, uh, generally supersetted everything together with uh, at the very least. In fact, we did a tri-set and, uh, and a couple of supersets. And it just keeps you, it, it makes it a bit more metabolic. You know, it makes you a bit more, 
gassy. It makes it a bit more interesting, I think, um, especially if there's two of you. That's always useful. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. but uh, I mean, the, the techniques we just described, they are, they are advanced. So, uh, you know, for people, um, I, I think that if you're not too familiar with those exercises, start slow, even just pairing two. You don't have to do, you know, four or five like we just mm. described. You can just do a, a, a pull down, for example, or pull up depending on ability yeah. and a shoulder press movement, whether it's a, it's a city shoulder press machine or, or dumbbell or kettlebell shoulder press. So yeah. I'll tell you what I got into with my training partner just now um, at the end of the session and um, it will probably lead us into what we're going to talk about today. But um, I was saying to him that I'm the happiest with my sort of fitness and my body that I have been for a, quite a while now at the moment and probably four years since I've been so happy with how, you know, how I'm feeling and how I'm looking and what have you. And um, I, I mentioned to him that it was because one of the one of the reasons that I've started doing, uh, I, I put it down to is I've just I've thrown away some of the old uh, rules that I used to absolutely live by. Things like I'd always eat before a training session. I'd always I would never train fasted in effect. Definitely not a strength training session. I'd never train fasted. I've been in lifted weights today, um, and I'd always always make sure I got protein in immediately after a workout. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that the, there's benefits to both of those things you know, that, that there's, it's important to have food in your system to train. Well, if you, you, yeah. if, you know, if you buy by one theory and then it's important to get protein afterwards so you can repair the muscles that, um, you know, the repair, repair the damage that's done, blah, blah, blah. But in actual fact, if your objective is to look leaner, to be leaner um, and if, even forget the word lean, generally speaking, I know people that train to lose weight, you know, yeah. their, their objective is to lose weight. And no matter who, you, you know, if you mix enough theories together, all you end up doing is having more excuse to eat food or more excuse to yeah. consume calories. Oh, I've got to eat before. Oh, I've got to eat afterwards. Um, oh, I've trained today. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. eat. This evening. Oh, I've trained tomorrow. So I'm going to eat this evening. And all it ends up doing psychologically for a lot of people is giving them more excuse to consume calories. And before you know it, you just totally counteracted. You know what? It's, counteracted it's really interesting problem. that because I, I'm the same. And before, you know, I get these, these things in my mind and, and I would not train, you know, I got to eat before and, you know, I have to make sure I'm rested. And, 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 and that's so good if you are, you know, really training for, to optimize performance, mm, right? True. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it depends also what you're used to. Listen, if you're going to go into a really hard workout, you know, we could argue all day long that we can go ketone, fasted, whatever. But if you're doing a, a CrossFit workout at the CrossFit gym, for example, and you're going to be fasted, you're not going to perform well Is no. if you have something that suits your stomach and you can digest properly and it's going to give you energy. i got a good example about that, right? I don't know if you, if you were here... Um, but we were doing a, a survival of the fittest. Um, so I had just moved into the South. So it would have been eight years ago. So 2012, it must've been right. Anyway. And what happened was we got the survival of survival of the fittest. So for people that don't know, it's like a 10, a 10 K obstacle course where you're going to, mm. you know, run a 10 K, but then you're going to jump hay bays and go into was the, it river. Down on the river. Yeah. Was it 
Is yeah, you got all these obstacles, you know, climb ropes and jump and, and yeah. all of this stuff, right? So it, it's hard, right, Tim? You know, it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a walk yeah, in the park, yeah, right? Yeah. And especially if you want to do it fast, okay? So, of course, we've got a group from the gym and everybody's, you know, visibly in good shape. So everybody's competing against each other. And at that time, I, I was uh, really into, like, you know, fasting and, and, and doing these protocols, but convinced, right, convinced. And <laughs> so... Um, the, so the event takes place on a Saturday on a Friday, listen to this team. I had just ordered my, uh, cause I just moved to this house a, little, a couple of months ago. I had ordered all my, uh, Olympic, uh, weights and, and all that. Right. So Friday for me was going to be a day off, but because I got all my bumper plates and my barbells, I was super excited. Right. So I said, Oh, let's have a feel of this. Start to do a couple of cleans. And then that, that couple of cleans turned into front squats. And then it was a, <laughs> a, a sprint up the hill where I live, where, you know, we know, you can run up the hill because there's a park here and then straight yeah. into the garage into, you know, shoulder press. So I did a massive workout, right? But listen to this. So that's the day before the event. The day of the event, I wake up. So I've done a hard workout, which I was supposed to rest the day before. And now I'm, I'm, cause I'm keto and all that. I'm doing the event just on eggs. So I'm having oh, like, like, like two or three scrambled eggs with cream. What, what do you think happened? Man, I, I pulled a muscle. I, I completely, I completely knocked myself out. I was doing good, but at the end, I, I, and, and looking back years later, I thought that's what happened, man. I was too tired. Yeah. I was undernourished. Yeah. Right. Something that I was really glycolytic doing a fast and jumping and sprinting into cold water. No wonder my, you know, my muscles gave up at the end. I didn't have fuel Tim. Yeah. Now, yeah we, we could yeah. argue all of that. We can have a scientist online arguing other things. I'm convinced that's the reason why that's happened. Okay. Of right. So, but anyway, back to your point. Yes. If you, however, not too phased about, uh, ultimately, if that was an extreme example, but let's say if you're just going to, to the gym like you did today with a friend, you just want to lift a bit of weight. Having breakfast, not having breakfast, it might make a big, big difference. Uh, not that big difference. So let's say your argument sake, your bench press is 100K for five reps. You might not do five reps. You might do two or three if you're fasted, right? Yeah. It's not going to make that huge difference. Do you know what I mean? It might even do four. No. And no. I, I, I have to come back to, yeah, you know, I've done, I did a race, one of my, one of the races that I felt I performed really well in, I, but I've put more effort into like um, the nutrition running up to it than I have done anything for a long while. It was about four years ago, five years ago. And um, I did some, I did just a little bit of um, trial and error stuff in the run up to, um, to the race it was a i think we did a 10k and in the run-up to it i was doing no more than 8ks and i was just testing to see what what i felt good on running uh, you know running although it was an adventure race i was going to do but just when i was at home training for it i was doing just regular running and um i tried a few things i tried it was going to be i knew the race was going to be at 9 a.m um so i tried a breakfast no breakfast and then I tried um, a, a, a carb, very carb heavy meal the night before. Um, I tried zero carbs the night before. I tried, I changed yeah. the week running up to it. And I basically came to the conclusion that everybody's going to just go, yeah, well, that obviously is a, a good um, mixed diet on the way up to the day of the, 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 the race. On the day before the race, I'd have a carb heavy day. I think it was pushing 400 grams of carbs in that day. And then on the morning of the race, just a coffee before the race, it was at 9am. Um, 
and I might have had a bit of fruit or something. Yeah, just... so you might, you might have a, a, enough glycogen anyway, you see. Well, glycogen's well loaded at that. If yeah, I've had an average yeah. week and then a, and a loaded day before it. Do you know um, what, Tim? Also, th- there's arguments there that I remember from, you know, going back years and reading these things already that trained athletes, so if you've got enough muscle, you might be able to store 30% more glycogen than untrained individuals mm. anyway. Mm. Do you know where, um, what was going to say on that? Uh, I, th- I think the... Um, yeah, so it, it, it obviously depends on people's goals. And uh, we could also, we spoke about this when we did the keto episode, actually, that some people, because we talked about this last week when we're talking about fasted training and non-fasted, okay? And we said that, that generally speaking, listen, there's arguments for all cases. Ultimately, I do understand is thermodynamics. So if you overeat, whether you're fast or not, you might still be getting weight. But from that uh, question that we had last week, there are studies that shows that uh, faster cardio can be a little bit more beneficial and it led to more uh, blood flow in the, uh, in the adipose tissue, which promotes more fat burning compared to, you know, unfasted cardio, non-faster cardio. But the other thing that I was going to say was, um, uh, in, we spoke about this, like I said, in the keto episode, that when people are keto adapted, they actually can perform at a higher view to max the non-keto adapted people, mm. you know what I mean? So they can be better adapted at using that energy fuel. So when you have breakfast or not, you might find that, for example, if you, you're used to eating breakfast and then you don't, the first week or two, you're going you're gonna to notice it, right? But then yeah. as you become more adapted, uh, then maybe not. And like I said, if you are trying to improve your strength or your, or, your, or your running time, then maybe having a bit of breakfast might be beneficial. But if you're just trying to maintain then I don't, I don't think it's going to make that huge difference. Training but, um, to maintain and um, tra- training to maintain. And also I think the, 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 the key thing we, I've got, we, we, sh- I, we should always bear in mind that when we're talking that we're, for me anyway, to general population, they, they're going to want some body composition results from this. Yeah. I think the people who I'm speaking to are de- definitely after um, a, a body composition alteration change rather than um you know they're not too fussed about whether they can bench press 60 kilos or 70 kilos or 120 kilos or whatever um we think i know we know that that's kind of important ish you know it's a bit of a number that we work towards but if we're talking to general population if your objective is to lose weight i would recommend you you get your head around the fact that it, it might be that you want your protein shake straight after First of all, don't think that there's any magic with having it immediately. It's not going sucked into your muscles and you're turning into the Hulk overnight. One. Um, two is don't turn that. I need some protein after I've worked out into a pizza after you've worked out because there's a slice of sausage on there. That's not, you know, that's not the same thing. That's just a shitload of calories for no, uh, with, with no really new, nutritious benefit from it. Um, it, you know, I, I've had people say in the last year, in this year to me, I've had people who I've not trained for very long say to me, I think I don't eat enough food to lose weight. Mm. I think I need to eat more food so I can lose weight. I'm, like, that, no. I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> get, get, we, need that, we need that rhetoric out of people's head. Because, but people have read a book once, you know, they've read an article once that there might be potential benefits to eating more often. Well, if it is eating more often, if you've been given a that what has to happen is net calories has to come down or has to be. Um, you know what? Yeah. Ultimately we're talking about all of these strategies and all of these things can help a little bit. So like doing fasted cardio can help a little bit. Um, 
being insulin sensitive can help a bit more. So maybe, you know, uh, do a little walk after you eat. And so all of these things can help, but ultimately, yeah, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta watch what you eat, make sure you don't, you know, you're not calorie deficit. So like I, uh, so let's talk about this for a second. And this is anecdotal, right? But um, as I said to you, since we've done the intermittent fasting work, uh, um, podcast, I actually felt that, that that was good for me and, and I'm feeling pretty good with it. And now I weighed last week, it was the first time in a long time that I weighed 77 kilos. So I started off at 82.2 right. and I was 70, 77.2. So that means five kilos down, right? So 10 pounds. Now, is, was that the fasting? Was that the fasted cardio in the morning? Uh, was it not having a snack at night? Yeah, it was all of that. So not having a snack at night led to fewer calories. Doing a fasted cardio in the morning. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there are different strategies, but ultimately it all, all, all comes down to that. I've just been simply moving more and exercising less. Then that might have changed a little bit. might help to lose a bit more belly fat compared to, yes, you know, doing your pull-ups might help you a little bit more to uh, build up your lats and your biceps. Yes, but you got to be in that deficit. But anyway, interesting point though, listen to this. I said to you, I can't remember, maybe a few weeks ago, that I had a yogurt one night where, where I haven't, but that night I did, and I woke up in the middle of the night with a lot of gas. Do you remember? Mm, you said, said yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So what I've noticed now was actually that I, one day I weighed at 77.5 or something. And then the day after I was back at 85, sorry, um, uh, 78 something, right? So a kilo more than the previous day. I thought that's strange. And what I've noticed now, if I do have a yogurt in the evening, I know this sounds crazy, but I am a kilo heavier. The next day? Yes. It's, it's incredible, right? So what I'm thinking now is that I might have a bit of an intolerance to that. Mm. And actually, when I, when I have the yogurt, I can actually feel bloated. and, and yeah. So I think the one thing that we can touch on a little bit um, is a, a little bit about these, these intolerances and, and whether, you know, what, what people think about it. But there is definitely something there, right? And sometimes some types of carbohydrates can ferment yeah. in, in your gut. So uh, yeah. I think we read a, a, an article yesterday from one of our friends that talked about uh, uh, something on those lines that um, he, was, he was referring more to gluten. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think that there are, there are types, it's, so what, what might happen for some, for some people now, because gluten, it's, um, you know, people can have celiac disease where they have literally an allergy to gluten. And that is a life-threatening condition. And if that person does eat gluten or has any cross-contamination, depending how bad they got it, they can be feeling really, really ill, right? Yeah. I think even there's, there's, there's even levels of having celiac, right? I know people who can, who are celiac, who yeah. can have a little bit and they're like, Oh, that's, sh- I feel shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, further than that. There's people who have a little bit and they're out for like days with depression. Yeah. Like I've heard of people being, uh, you know, really affected by. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is the, so basically is the, is the protein called gliding, which is, one of the, the main proteins of gluten. So gluten is, is a protein found in wheat, barley, rye, 
Um, you know, rye has a little bit less uh, content than, than, than wheat, but you know, wheat is the one that the people would consume the most. So things like pasta and bread and, and things like that, right? Yeah. So, and why it is uh, widely used is because gluten gives that good consistency to the food. And nowadays gluten is, is also included in things like, um, it might be in meat products such as, you know, sausages and burgers. Yeah. It might be even in eggs. You know, if yeah. you go to a hotel and you have a scrambled eggs, you know, yeah, they, they, they've uh, added, yeah. to have that consistency, it might be makeup and, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, care products and things like that. Anyway, and what the, what the evidence shows with gluten and this is why it can also be a problem for some people, even if they're not celiac, because there is also something such as non-celiac gluten sensitivity, is that when you ingest gluten, gluten releases a compound called zonulin, and this was discovered from a, another Italian, um, Alessio Fassano, although he works in America, but he's, yeah, yeah, he's Italian. And zonulin, what it does, it opens the tight junctions in the gut, which are, tend to, which are normally closed, right? Mm. Up into the 90s, 80s, uh, they, they believed just to be completely closed and sealed. But now, you know, recent studies show that they can open up for, you know, 10 minutes or so when you have gluten. And what happens is then foreign uh, proteins that normally don't belong in your, in, in your, in your system make the way into the guts, okay. right? And that can be like uh, parts of and digesting proteins. And because they are in a different form that what the body is used, used to recognize, so it doesn't recognize these, these molecules because they're in different form because they're partially digested, okay? Mm. It can create a autoimmune attack. And the body has different autoimmune uh, systems in a way that it has some cells that uh, that basically just form um, that that's basically if you just have a um, an infection or something that attack that and some other parts of this immune cells actually form a memory so whenever you expose again that's why you have vaccines to yeah. that uh, you know um, virus or whatever the body then forms a copy recognizes it and attacks it but anyway let's not make this too complicated so but what's that, what happens with some people because these protein then can lead to mistaken identities. Whenever you eat that food again, the body can then create an immune reaction to it, an immune response, and you get flare-ups and you get, you know, bloating and, or, or, you know, mm. uh, even cognitive decline and things like that. So fogginess yeah. and, 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 you know, skin allergies, whatever, no? But in most of the population, the body doesn't overreact. So you have, you have gluten and such, you have, um, you know, the, the tight junctions open up a little bit, but the body is not overly, overly responding to it. So then you get back to normal. But mm. there are a small part of the population that can actually have then more of, of, of a strong effect to that. And, and they can have symptoms, even though they're not, they're not see that. And yeah. that can also happen, happen with things like dairy. So a lot of people can be, might be intolerant to dairy, okay? But what happens is, um, I was talking more about the yoga before. Some people, and this article yesterday was referring to that as well. Some people are, might be uh, more sensitive to FODMAP. And FODMAP are fermentable oligosaccharides. So there's the, the different types of, um, of carbohydrates in, 
in foods such as you know wheat but also plants so a yeah. lot, lot of vegetables also can can create this these problems and what happens is with that is that normally most of our bacteria belongs in a colon okay so down right by the small intestine the the, yeah. uh, the, the large intestine sorry but what happens is some of that bacteria might migrate up to the upper intestine and where it doesn't really belong and when we eat these foods that that bacteria starts to ferment those carbohydrates and then it can lead to a lot of gas and bloating after yeah. eating those foods so sometimes people can mistake some of these intolerances for actually something else which can be Thanks. things like SIBO which is slow intestinal bacteria overgrowth okay. yeah 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 so so there are things like that but um you see one, one of the reasons also why uh because you know i for example i can go to italy and I'll, I'll eat a nice pizza which is like freshly baked you know the ingredients are, are great and i have no problems at all eating that right and that, mm. that is a gluten pizza right it's a gluten pizza it's traditional italian however bring me here to pizza hut or domino's in the uk yeah and i'm not i'm not celiac but man yeah, i eat a pizza that i'm gonna be bloated i i, I just not gonna feel like it and, and i'm sorry anybody mm. that that works in, in those places uh, you know but i i'm not gonna digest that very well at all mm. just because it's also the the, the food processing which it, which is not as uh, you know uh, it's a lot more processed and actually i was reading this morning that the average average american gluten intake has increased by 30 percent in the last 50 years so then again sometimes the poison is also in the dose you might have a little bit is okay you have a, a little bit of rye bread you know like i go to finland a lot in finland they have a lot of rye bread i'm i'm good with that right no no problem at all i have sourdough bread which still contains gluten but the sourdough yeah. is fermented so it's breaking breaks down the mm. gluten so it's a lot more easily digested i have something refined like a white bread here i don't i, 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 can't, I can't eat it Tim. i just don't feel that well. I, don't, I don't feel good i don't feel no, good i feel either. lethargic and then um, but anyway, so the other thing as well, like I said, there can be a lot more uh, additives in foods, which then can also make these, these things a lot worse, as, such as like artificial sweeteners, food emulsifiers, and all these things can actually negatively affect your guts even more. What do you think about that then? Sorry, Actually, mate, my no, cat no. was just messing no, around. No, say, are you, are you, um, what, what, what's I mean, your thoughts on that? Personally, if there's been anything... Um, if there's been anything amiss with my gut, if I've, I've had any gut issues and it's happened once or twice, um, I've, I've cut it. I've just done a, um, a you know, a, uh, a cut where I cut it out for a period of time. And at the end of a, usually like three weeks is enough. And then, um, and then put it back in quite purposefully and see if it happens again. Yeah. Simple as that. So it happened once with dairy. I was, I was feeling like, um, I had, a, I had a hunch that dairy was causing me gut issues, like the toilet wasn't good, mm -hmm. nothing was good. Um, but bear in mind, it was back in the day when I was hammering whey protein quite hard. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I thought nothing of, uh, of uh, probably, I don't have much milk at all, but back then I was having quite a bit. And I took it out for 21 days and I basically put in, first of all, I put in milk. I thought if there's anything that's going to be okay, it's going to be okay with it. It'll be milk, but, you know, no, no way, no cheese or anything like that. 
I put it back in and I was actually fine. And then I, it slowly crept up. I put the whey protein back in and then it had a night out where I might've had a pizza or some cheese or something. Um, and it came up to like the poisons in the dose, like yeah. you said, for me, whereas I do understand that there'll be some people who couldn't touch yeah. it because of a, a, a total intolerance to it. Yeah. It's the proteins within dairy, isn't it? That the, um, the, the problem occurs with, right? It can be either lactose, which is a sugar, or casein, which is a protein. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Normally, yeah. the fat is fine. So normally, people can have you know full fat cream and and those like parmesan cheese things like that. Mm. Unless obviously they they really intolerant. But yeah, you know, I think to that to that point of that article yesterday as well, he makes a good point that a lot of people are actually following these diets without really knowing, because actually somebody who is not celiac and you ask him, you know, why why are you having gluten free? You know, what what is gluten? They won't know. No, exactly. A, a lot of people don't know, and, um, and I think that's the I think that's the point that Chris, yeah. <laughs> that our friend, was trying to ad- address was yeah. it, it, he's and and I'm and I'm and I totally uh, think it's important that people should understand if they're doing something they want to know why they're doing it. Why they're doing the, it? Yeah. The amount of times that I'm out for a meal or um, with friends or even you, you know you meet people and they're I'm, they're like oh I don't eat gluten I I don't touch this I don't touch that. Why? Oh, because they read it in Men's Health once isn't a good yeah. enough reason. You know, yeah. they should do their own experiments. I think, um, yeah. you're, you know, you're your own best doctor. You're your own best trainer. You're your sure. own best nutritionist if you pay attention to your body, which I think we should be pushing as, a, yeah. as, a, as, a, as an industry. Well, we should that, that's what you said before. I, I will say anybody who's not sure, they might consider taking gluten out or dairy for whatever reason if not, they're not sure. Take it out for at least three weeks, like you did, and then reintroduce it gradually. So if it's bread, just have one slice. Don't go out for a big pizza. And yeah. also, because if you don't have something for a while, then you might even stop producing the enzymes. So for example, if you're a vegetarian, mm. and today you're going to say, oh, you know, the pub's open again, I'm going to have a big steak. You know, I had steak yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. You're not going to have pepsin to, to break that yeah. approach. And of course, you're not going to be... But um, people are confused. So he made a good point on that. So definitely, there is such thing as celiac disease obviously there is also such thing as non-gluten sensitivity but there is also a lot of people that are doing it for the wrong reasons without knowing i was speaking a little while ago at the gym and there was this guy who was very confused bless him nice guy well intended but very confused right he needs to lose a lot of weight uh, diabetic although he's young he's already de- developing type 2 diabetes was it was actually borderline and i'm giving him advice say hey you know I've given the exercise advice, then we're going to talk about diet, eat a bit of protein and fiber with every meal, cut back on this, try to do, you know, you know, mm. all, 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 all easy things, all little changes, right? So he says to me, oh, you know what I need to do? Yeah, yeah, my friend is vegetarian. I'm just going to go vegetarian. <laughs> and for that, peop- for that person, not, nothing against vegetarianism, by all means, but what would have he done as a vegetarian diet, Tim? Cut back the meat or the fish and yeah. replace it with bread, pasta potatoes and what does that do for weight loss not very you know not it's not going to be very very effective so yeah guys just basically the advice here learn to listen to your body do what what feels right if you need to be losing weights uh you know keep an eye on your weights should we say make sure that you're not overeating even if it's good food because the other thing with these gluten-free products and they get labeled as as healthy and they're all about healthy right and now suddenly exactly. you're having more like the low fat products. Yeah. You think, yeah. oh no, it's low fat, I can have more. No. Okay, you're still gonna have calories. And with the gluten-free, for example, the, the one of the problems I have with that 
is for whatever reason, let's say you're going to go gluten-free because you, you suspect it to be celiac or whatever. No? But then instead of having ordinary pasta, you're having gluten-free pasta, you're having gluten-free bread, you're having gluten-free cookies. That's not good either. And for a lot of people, those replacements might actually be worse for the, for, you know, for the gut than the actual, you know, yeah. they, 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 you know, because they can, they will place that with a lot more additives and, and sweeteners and, and things like that. Yeah. And it's been a lot of studies showing that, for example, sweeteners, they can damage the gut, uh, you know, quite a bit. So if yeah. you want those people that wants to do low fats because you're afraid of the fats and then you're doing, you know, a lot of sweeteners, there is study, studies guys showing that uh, sweeteners can negatively impact the gut microbiome mm. and that can lead to you know all sorts of problems as well the um i think the 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 thing you touched on there was these products that you, they always come in a you know in a um a, a, an organic looking box that you know a paper bag or whatever and they say organic across the front yeah and i mean i've i, I have these little protein pebbles sometimes and they're i think they're locally made or something and i just uh i often have a look at the calories on stuff just to check i mean there's 20 grams of protein coming in and let's you know you can get 20 grams of protein for 100 calories quite easily right like a protein shake is thereabouts maybe if you have it depending on what milk you know what you what you have it with but um and there was 360 calories in these protein pebbles for 20 grams of protein they was held together with, I mean, probably like ghee butter, you know, ghee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, always, there's always peanut butter in there, which is often coming with oils that we don't need. Yeah. More of a marketing problem than a, than a health problem. It's yeah. more of a problem. No, no, with... but they, they, they confuse people. That, that's the problem. That's why we're here talking about all of these things, which really, Tim, they, they straightforward, but people have so much confusion. Mm. And the problem is, I'm not because we people... speak to 50 people at a time, but yeah. companies speak to 5 million yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, That's the uh, issue. listen, I'm not saying that people should just be listening to us, but I think that listen to the advice that we give, try that for a while, not just listen to us today, and then you might listen to somebody tomorrow and you think, oh, actually, I'm going to try that. No, listen to what Dave and Tim are saying to you today, do it for yeah. a little while and see if it works. If that don't work, then approach somebody else and see, yeah. you know, what they have to say. And do something different, right? But, but don't mash up, don't mix up everybody's it's like exercise approach. plans. Somebody goes yeah. on this plan this week, and then you know there is something else later. I say, oh, I'm actually going to do this, and and they don't stick on something uh, long yeah. enough to to see um, to see improvements. But you know, to your point before, yeah, those strategies are, um, that that they use to make labels, yeah, they just really fool people and. Um, you know, people think that things are healthy and they say, oh, you know, uh, so I like, for example, for people that like to have breakfast, because not everybody likes to have breakfast, but a straightforward one doesn't take time and it's nutrient dense, low in calories is oats, right? Do oats, a little bit of cinnamon, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of protein in some form when it's a little bit of peanut butter, tablespoon guys, not, not a lot more than that, or a little bit of whey protein, whatever. And it can be a good, you know, good breakfast, some blueberries, some flaxseed, etc. But let's say somebody has granola and it's granola is going to taste good Tim. you know, I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. Right. Yeah. But I say to them, you want to look at the ingredients list. Oh no, no, but it's healthy. It's organic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got one portion has got like 70 grams of fats, you know, yeah. and 90 yeah. grams of sugar. Yeah. That's not healthy. Yeah. And people are confused. Listen to this team. I've got a friend that has a restaurant and it's all like uh, organic and, and, and plant-based, et cetera, and gluten-free and all that. 
So they have only um, they have only organic produce, including alcohol, right? So she has people going there, and the other wine and the one is organic. Says, look, I'm, it's, so it's more expensive. Says, look, I only have this organic wine, and people ask her, but does it have alcohol? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But you're laughing, I know, but people don't know. So I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to joke with people in a way. I'm not making fun of people in any way. I'm just saying how people can be so much confused. And that's why they can be misled by these companies in buying products that, that the label organic. And, and I'm, I'm yeah. worried for parents because they often buy things for the kids thinking that they're meaning well. And those mm-hmm. products are full, full of sugar. And that's probably yeah, one yeah. episode we could talk about, Tim, is talk about the problem that we have, especially here in the UK, with kids and sugar because there's a lot more kids nowadays developing diabetes mm. at an early age having tooth decay uh, being overweight all these problems simply because of diets and that'd yeah. be something interesting to talk about yeah yeah um we're coming up to an hour mate shall yeah. i uh, shall, shall we have a look at eddie hall's letter just quickly seeing as it is super it. super yeah. saturday and it's uh so he started off just take a moment to consider what sort of signal that is sending out to the nation about our 21st century priorities. It's baffling, frustrating, nonsensical, and downright unfair. We're told that pubs, restaurants simply have to reopen for the sake of this economy. And of course, it's vital to do so, so we can protect people's jobs at this difficult time. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't want to, maybe not all of it, but what have we got here? If it if it has been accepted that there is a way for pubs to reopen with suitable precautions in place, then indoor gyms and pools can surely do the exact same. That's fair enough, right? I mean, pools are quite... I've just seen an article now from Boris Johnson saying that it should be able to reopen in the next couple of weeks, but I don't know. Okay, uh, that's good. How long that will take. I think Eddie mainly gets at the, the, fa- the fact that the gym has kind of saved him in his, in his, yeah. when he was younger. Yeah. And um, and I think that's a, a good point. I mean, the amount of, I've, the amount of times I've been, there's been points in my life where I've been obsessed gym, and I've never let that go completely. Like I've never fell off of the training wagon completely. But there has been times where I've just been literally doing three times a week for an hour, and because my social life took priority, and uh, social life generally revolved about being in a pub there should be a, a, media, a happy medium. And I think health comes from having a happy medium right in the middle of those two sure. things, or probably swinging a little bit more towards the gym, but health generally, mental health and physical health. And um, how can we have that happy medium if one of those things is completely missed, missed out of... Uh, yeah, no, no, but I agree. But it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation now. and, and uh, oh, it's, Very difficult. Yeah. It's just really, really difficult to, to talk about it because you know, they have scientists and everything looking at these things. and Yeah. It's just a bit of a tricky one. I wouldn't <laughs> like to have to. I wouldn't like to have to make the uh, make the call. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, should we wrap that up there and um, yeah, stay no, online for a second? But nice, uh, guys. That's been another episode of Coffee with Coaches. Myself, Tim College, and Dave. Yeah, thank you, guys. Nice Tim. one. We'll see you or speak to you next week. Look out for Dave's uh, complex on Instagram. He's oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll do. I'll do one for you. Nice one, mate. All right, man.